0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. And uh, a special edition of our show today as we are coming to you from the Reimagine Education Conference here in Philadelphia. Over the next two hours, you're going to hear conversations with various people looking at how education is going to be changing in the years to come, and as well because of the impact of digital and things like artificial intelligence. So sit back and enjoy our interviews from the Reimagine Education Conference here in Philadelphia. And now joining us to kick off our show are two of the people involved in developing this conference and competition. Jerry Wynn is the Lauder Professor Emeritus of Marketing at Wharton. He's also founding director of the SEI Center for Advanced Studies in Management. Bobby Kershaw is executive director of academic innovation at Penn's Graduate School of Education. She also oversees the Milken Penn GSE Business Plan Competition, as well as EDSE, which is the incubator for education startups. Great seeing you both. Thank you for the invitation to come down here today. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Uh, the, the, the idea of doing a conference like
2: this, how did it get started, Bobby?
0: Well, I would actually defer okay. to Jerry, but hey, I think we can both talk about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I was concerned about five years ago uh, about the fact that um, especially leading universities are falling behind with respect to pedagogical innovations. They were way behind. Uh, we, in many other places, are you know, kind of, uh, starting or joining the Coursera or EDX and claim to the world, look how innovative we are, but at the same time, nothing is being done to try really to innovate in the classroom. And at a time where there are some really interesting innovations in terms of uh, flipped classroom and online education, at a time where there enormous advances in science and technology, especially with mobile, with uh, cloud, with uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, just imagine that uh, every student in the next few years could have uh, Watson on their smartphone. And what will happen to the balance of power and knowledge between the student and the faculty? And we're not doing anything about it. So I figured the best way to try to address it will be to try to create a global competition for the most innovative pedagogical approaches in higher education. Uh, realizing also that there are obviously some, a lot of innovation, a lot of money goes into K-12. Uh, but our approach from the beginning was we'll use K-12 only to the extent we can show that whatever they do applies in the higher education sphere. So I contacted Nunzio, who is the CEO of uh, QS, he loved the idea, and the reason I selected them is because they have uh, the largest network of universities around the world. They do all the ranking of uh, world universities. He loved the idea, and we started it. And then uh, I think uh, in our the end of the first year of the project, We basically figured we do need someone from education, and Bobby was the ideal and the natural kind of addition to the team. And she's been absolutely terrific working with us from the beginning on this. And the competition is basically very simple. We are looking for the most innovative pedagogical approaches with three simple criteria. Is it innovative? Is it impactful? Which means we have to show results that it's really impactful. And is it scalable? So that's what we're looking for, and then uh, you have to. If you're doing competition, you have to announce it. So that's where the conference came, the conference idea. But we don't want just to have the 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 people presenting the the winners here. So we decided to expand it and to include two other components, one of them, variety of speakers and panels to make it more interesting and to make it actually a hub and a central place for people concerned about innovation in higher education. So how important is it for, from your perspective, Bobby, from the
1: education side of things to, to, to really focus on a lot of these points and a lot of these issues – because of the state of education today, whether it be here in the United States or other parts around the world?
0: Right. Well, I can tell you that when I first got into this space and beca- and got a title calling Academic Innovation, my son told me that, mom, innovation in education was a non-sequitur. So that really? we... <laughs> because- Go further, an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> an, oxymoron yeah. an oxymoron, right. But I do think that the... the trying to promote and find innovation is very difficult and this was an opportunity to look at it in an innovative way we'd already been running a business plan competition in the ed tech space which is right. different than looking for innovation and how do you define innovation how do you identify it how do you know that it's innovative and very interesting is that we discovered at this conference that innovation is at different levels depending on where it's at what region it's from who's doing it
1: and what level it's coming well out. for the people who are listening how How do you differentiate innovation and ed tech?
0: Well, I differentiate it in two ways. Innovation is the ability to take a process, a service, or a product, innovate upon it, and be able to scale it and have an impact. When you look at ed tech, you're looking at a technology that's going to have an impact on changing the way we teach and learn. It doesn't mean it's not innovative, but the truth of the matter, there's a lot of technology that's not particularly innovative, but is having an impact on changing the way we're teaching and learning. So I think we're trying to find the most innovative Pieces here, and that's difficult. I mean, we constantly, when we're looking at the applications and the selection of the finalists, we're we're questioning whether that's truly innovative. And defining innovation is very difficult. Sure, um,
2: I agree, with Bobby. I look at this in terms of technology as enabler. You know, we are looking really looking for what what's happening either in the classroom or people at themselves, anytime, any place or some hybrid of the two, a combination of the classroom with digital, that is different, that it's new, that leading to greater effectiveness. Effectiveness in terms of learning the material, effectiveness in terms of employability, effectiveness in terms of impact on society, in terms of the growth of the individual, the happiness of the individuals all the criteria. Uh, we realized increasingly, and when we started the, the conference and the competition, We realized that we cannot just rely on people we know and we wanted to open it as wide as possible, really capitalize on the wisdom of the crowd, with the very ambitious objective to try to come up with innovations. And that's the reason for the scalability aspect of this that can actually create and lead to the creation of the leaders who are going to change the world and uh, probably affect billions of people. So, we're not looking at this as kind of basically a tiny little innovation that kind of is great, but you know, cannot be yeah. scalable. So, we're really looking at the scalability in terms of the potential impact. So, that's the reason those three criteria are really important for us the innovation, the impact. Because a lot of people have come with concept, but does it really work? So, ideally, we'll report here only experiments that we have some real data behind them that show that it really works.
0: And I think the other piece of this is how much risk are these people willing to take to do this? Because to make manage- Make something different and to innovate in higher education is real risky. Um, there's no reward for it. There's no. It, it doesn't get you tenure. It doesn't get you the kind of recognition when you're trying something new in the classroom. Do
1: you think there was a hesitancy upon uh, education to want to kind of understand that this is where education is headed with the digital piece as a as a component to it?
0: Um, I think there's not a hesitancy so much as I really don't know if I'm going to come out and say that I'm doing something so radically different in my right. classroom because right. I'm not sure what the response will be right. by my faculty, by the, by the people that, that evaluate my work, and more importantly, by the impact on the students. I mean, we're in countries all over the world that often doing something that's out of the line of getting ready for an exam or getting ready for uh, a job mm-hmm falls out of that venue, falls out of that boundary, and it is a scary thing. So we're looking for the people that want to scale but also want to take risk.
1: This is Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Dan Loney, is we are at the Reimagine Education Conference in Philadelphia, joined right now by uh, Jerry Wind of the Wharton School and Bobby Kershaw of uh, Penn's Graduate School of Education. Uh, so then how do you see how do you see education really being developed and changed because of all the different kind of components that are in play here? Because obviously you have the the potential change that we're seeing through digital. You have the level of entrepreneurship. You have innovation. How do you see them all kind of coming together, Jerry?
2: Well, hopefully they'll come uh, by bringing the people involved in all of these, plus the educators, plus the other entrepreneurs, come here to the conference, interact with each other, and create a network of people who really – would like to change the world. We really want to change the world. Uh, A model which you can think about is almost from retail. And the traditional retailing is dying, you know, and basically the e-commerce players, Amazon and others, are basically moving into retail, into the, uh, the offline retailer because they realize that consumers look for omnichannel, We have not created the omni-channel in education where you have a seamless experience online and offline, where you really use technology effectively to try to revolutionize the classroom, really to engage the students in an effective way. So we hope that the competition, by creating attention to the need for innovation in this area, to change the current educational system will primarily stimulate people to try to innovate more, especially at the time, as Bobby said, there is not much incentive for traditional educators, especially leading universities, to innovate. They're all basically very reluctant. Yeah. and um, Because most of them, especially the leading universities, continue to have a lot of applications because people not, not necessarily come for the education. They come for the brand. They come for the network. So the and the question is, how do we really provide the incentive, especially for some of the big players, to try to innovate? So hopefully we're contributing a little bit to this.
1: So then, is, as Jerry mentioned, that omni-channel, is that – Should that be a goal of education right now or not in your mind?
0: Well, I think we're creating this innovation ecosystem, and it should be a goal to create a system that brings together researchers, the investment and funding community, the practitioners, as well as the entrepreneurs. And that's not an ecosystem that easily has been created in a university because researchers do their work get it published, and then get the next grant and do some additional research. There's no practitioner or funder saying, well, let's get it out and scale it up. So that's one thing. The other thing is that yesterday we had a big announcement that CVS was going to buy Aetna, $69 billion deal. What are we going to do in education that takes where we have the content, which is in the case of this, the CVS stores, where is the content player in education that's going to combine with the deliverer and the – the purveyor of the content. So we, we're talking about what is the deal? Is it a big university merging with a nonprofit? Is it a big university merging with a publisher? Is it Amazon buying education publishing? Because we're going to see more of what Jerry said: this merger of what's going on online and offline, and what there will be that happening in education. What it looks like is still in the works. So
1: public-private is is kind of the future, you think, of uh, of education? Well, there's before.
0: been a pu- big public-private deal, but. Uh, Purdue University acquired Kaplan for-profit online. So that's the first you're going to see of many deals like that.
2: But you need much more than just the deals. You need basically to change, as Bobby said, the ecosystem. And the missing component, the missing kind of participants in the conference, especially from the U.S., are presidents of leading uh, universities. Uh, That's a group that's missing here. We do have some of them and especially presidents and uh, rectors and provosts from other countries, uh, but not from the U.S. And, uh, and that's partly because the leading university in the U.S., their priority is not teaching, but rather yeah. research. And the criteria for faculty promotion is primarily driven by research. So uh, the challenge is how do we now take the research we have and communicate this effectively in a way that we enhance the learning and really the well-being and preparing Uh, billions of people to to today's environment. If you're talking about what's happening with AI and with robotics and with the replacement of uh, workers, you know, where are the new skills? Who are the people who are going basically to to, uh, be the leaders and the producers of tomorrow's environment? And they will not be able to do it. Uh, or get the skills needed boost the traditional education.
1: Great having you both here today. Thank you very much. And again, thank you for the invite to come down here. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Jerry Thanks. Jerry Wind of the Wharton School and uh, Bobby Kershaw of Penn's Graduate School of Education. For more
0: insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.